And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant. Tuesday, as we find unity from the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, people are often committed to reading reading or studying the Word of God. Written by the Holy Spirit, in partnership with mankind, the Word breathes life into us. But when the people of the Old Testament responded to the Word of God, it didn't profit them. Why? They forgot the secret ingredient of faith. We know that. And then one more thing, they didn't bake it. Oh, what is that? Next, when Jesus did directly, what Jesus did directly conflicted with the temple's authority. He did what they commanded not to be done. He was not violent. He did not try to scare anyone or show how tough he was. He simply obeyed the Father's direction before he would respond to man's leadership. This is not authority defiance, it's obedience to God. That always comes first, whether they crucify us for it or not. And finally, we often try to find the hidden meaning in things, but in doing so, we rarely take into account this passage, Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone who's called by my name, who I created for my glory, who I, whom I formed and made. So the things that God is doing often have an unknown meaning. And we wouldn't believe it even if we knew what he was doing. So all we have to do to understand the fullness of this is think about Job. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Oi, oi. Spiritual observations. Oi, oi, oi. My life's insanities. Oi. Oy vey, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? You know you can email us during the show, right? You don't have to, but you can. You don't have to do anything during the show. You don't even have to listen to the show. How about that? Or if you're listening, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us during the show. That's fun. It's kind of safe. 214-210-8483. So you don't have to talk on the air, but you can get your point across. Yeah, yeah. 214-210-8483. Or you can call on the show. Nothing bad happens that we are aware of, uh, but you can call. 972-445-0770. 972-445-0770. Now, when you do that, you'll end up talking to Captain Chris. So let me explain to you what that's like. That's like as of 11, 12 p.m. last night, you have no more homework. And then you will be...
I don't know if that last one right there was a little personal or not. The 11th. Okay, maybe. Uh, bottom line, if you have a thought, an opinion, a comment, maybe you have a question, maybe you've got a praise report, you want to share it, you want to uh, share what the Lord's been doing in your life, you want to bless others. Cool. You want to have some prayer because you got something that's going on, you want people to join your faith. Cool. That's great. Maybe you have uh, answers to what the best meals are in all the world. So call right away. Uh, or maybe you have an answer to Bible trivia. What kind of Bible trivia? Well, some questions are hard and some are easy. This should be rather easy. True or false, Jesus fed 5,000 people uh, besides women and children, 5,000 men, with five loaves and two small fish. True or false, if you think you know the answer, you can reach out to us as soon as I find the phone number. Then you can reach out to us. That's right. I need all these little cue card things because, yeah, my memory's shot. <laughs> okay. 972-445-0770. That's the number to call. 214-210-8483. That's the number to text. And then David at he must org. That is the email that you are welcome to utilize. Simple question, straightforward, nothing complex. Yes, I am live, Aunt Deb. <laughs> That's the best part about text. Are you live? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, true or false, Jesus fed 5,000 people, 5,000 men with five loaves and two small fish. Uh, that was besides women and children. True or false, straightforward. Uh, the only miracle in all four Gospels that's a creative miracle. I just find that amazing. I think the Lord does a lot more to try to communicate to us than we're aware of. Okay, so the last couple of things I want to tell you, uh, and then we're going to pray for the audience. One, so I'm just telling you, school's done. No more homework. No more extra assignments. No more anything. No more completely done as of 11, uh, 10, 11, 12 last night. Already got my grade posted. They're getting my transcripts ready. I did get the grade I wanted to get, and I'm very happy about that. And I told my son, uh, if you think I was bad before, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> See, you can do that to your kids all day long. I just I just feel like I have the right to do that. I, I, you know, I didn't kill him when he was young. I think that's worth it right there. Although we did deduct him. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, uh, school's done. Uh, number two, I want you to be aware that uh, on the website there is a free read under the book, uh, The Second Gift, The Jewish Christian, The Lawsuit. Read The Lawsuit Gospel. I just encourage you to do it. I think it would be a big blessing uh, for many people. And uh, also, let's just pray right now for the audience. I want the audience to raise up their expectations. Some people exist at a 5 or a 6. We want to get up to a 7, 8, or 9. What does that mean? It means that when you pray, instead of throwing the dice and just hold, hoping, I hope it comes up good. There could be a higher level of expectation that the Lord is going to answer you. You know, it's just, it's not a gamble scenario. You're entrusting unto the Lord. You have to trust him. You can't tell him how to answer it. You can't tell him what way to answer it. But you can petition. And you have to have an expectation that he will answer. And not to means that your faith is kind of like me. It's like me. What's that sound where a balloon where you pull and that really annoying sound. Yeah, that one. All right, so let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. We lift you up. We praise you. We worship you. There's nobody like you. You're so fantastic to us. Your goodness far exceeds us, always has, always will. And so we've got people in our audience, myself included, and we pray things, Lord, and then we pray, and it kind of dribbles out of our mouth. We don't even know. Oh, maybe that'll work. So, Lord, we need a better level of reception, a better level of expectation, that when we pray, we have an anticipation. 
Your word is filled with encouragements for us to have a higher level of expectation. Help our faith be solid. We don't need to be afraid of tomorrow. We can trust you for tomorrow. But when we're praying, we need to believe you when we petition you. Help us to do a better job of expecting and of receiving by your grace and by your goodness, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, so we got that. We got that. Trivia questions out there. Da, 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 da. Probably should do this teaching. <laughs> Simple to do teaching. Uh, here we go. Oh, look how good this goes with this. This is imagine even thinking about this. All right. So we uh, last week talked about the word, the sower, and the seed. So we discussed that. So a big thing that many people know is in the Old Testament, the word of God given to the Old Testament people, as we find out in Hebrews chapter 4, it didn't do them a lot of good because they didn't mix it with faith. So if you get the word of God, but you don't have any faith that you're, you when you hear it, it's like it doesn't do it. It's like, oh, whatever. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And the bottom line is you have to mix it with faith. Now, look at what Jesus said in Luke 8, 15. He says, as for the as for that which is in good soil, because remember, we we're talking about the parable of the sower. Uh, they are those who hear the word of God. Okay, so, okay, so hearing the word. Okay, so I don't have to say hearing the word of God. How are they hearing it? I don't know. They're either at a church, somebody's witnessing, could be on television, radio, could be on the internet. I don't know. Could be just something here. It could be any number of ways. Normally, it's people sharing it, right? They hear the word of God. They're hearing the word of God, and they do this: hearing the word of God, they hold it fast in an honest and good heart. Now, what does that mean? Hold it fast. That means hang, hanging on to it. In other words, when you have the word of God in your life and you hear it, right? You go, oh, "That's true." But you can say, oh, that's true, but now I forgot about that because I'm watching Jeopardy. In other words, <laughs> it has to last. It has to have a, a residue. And so a great understanding is to understand that you have to use the ingredient of faith when you're engaging with the Word of God, and you have to bake it. You have to put it in the oven and let it cook. Now, I happen to be a pizza fan, right? And then it doesn't have to cook very long for it to be good. But if you put a pizza in an oven and it's only in there for three minutes and you pull it out, it is not good. I don't care. I don't care what you tell me. Unless it's one of those wood burning things. But I'm saying in general, right? If you cook a steak, unless you're into tartare, you put that steak on for one second, flip it on the other side second, and slap it on your kid's plate and go, it's ready. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's, like, it's still mooing. I mean, come on. And so the idea is you got to bake the faith. you got to keep it going. Hold it fast. Hang on to it with all your strength. And you got to keep it in soil that's honest and a good heart. You know what that means? That you are open to giving life and growth to what you've heard. You want it to become a part of your system. And then Jesus just closes it out with the one that everybody hates. <laughs> and bear fruit with patience. Oh, I like the bearing fruit part, but the patience part? You had to throw that in there? I don't have patience. I'm not a doctor. So here's... <laughs> Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is you have to take the word in. You have to mix it with faith. You have to bake it. You have to make sure your heart's churned up so that it's workable in your heart. And then you bear fruit 
as the Lord determines as it manifests, piece by piece by piece by piece, which means you got to be patient for it to produce the fullness of the fruit. I know, but I go to Sunday church and I hear the guy preach, and it's like, I want it right now. Okay, microwave, you know, Willie, here's how this goes. It's not the way it's got to, it's not going to happen that way. God doesn't microwave his stuff. He cooks it really good. <laughs> you just got to think of it in those terms. And that's what, that's what we need to do to have success in the word. Mix it with faith. Bake it. Make sure your heart is soft and pliable. Some people have such hard hearts. If God does something, drops a seed, the heart is so hard it bounces off. It's like, no, no, no. You want the seed to go into soil that can get there. And then you start producing fruit. And when you see the first piece of fruit coming forward, you're doing better. They don't scream, more fruit, more fruit, more fruit right now. Because that doesn't change the speed or the process. Okay have to do that with patience. All right, true or false, Jesus fed 5,000 men besides women and children with five uh, loaves of bread and two small fish, and the answer is true. Okay, the answer is true. All right, we're going to take our break and then come back. You think that was something? Will you hear this? Uh, you're listening to the David Smoot Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Captain Chris here from the David Spoon Experience. I help coordinate the radio show, and we're looking for a few good people to join our crew and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of the radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, gee, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Me too! The truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you already have all that you need to have to be part of this ministry. Uh, but Chris, don't I need to be perfect? <laughs> no! Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form, and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position, so you may appeal to a higher power. A couple things I think we'll open up with. I've decided to open up with a story that I wasn't going to open up with because it's such an outrageous story, but it's not an outrageously super bad story. It's an outrageously super dumb story. There's a big difference. Bad is when I tell you, which I'll be telling you probably in the next segment, how the federal government is creating a database to track down uh, hate speech as they define it. We'll That's talk, bad. We'll talk about that a little bit. This is dumb, but it's funny dumb. Dumb, ha-ha, funny, but not entirely. Get this. Now, I'm holding a picture in my hands. You can't see it. But there are four monkeys in this picture that I'm holding. And the headline reads this. Millions in taxpayer money used to study drunken monkeys. No, no, really, drunken monkeys. And you're thinking, no, you're making that up. Nope, federal government reportedly 
has spent $3.2 million so far in order to get monkeys drunk in order to study the effect of alcohol on the monkeys. I don't know. See, I don't know where you're even going to go. Where are you going to go with this? There's, I'm going nowhere, Dave. There's no... I got nothing to there's say. There's no comment that anybody can make. The David Spoon Experience. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty... Then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're getting ready to offer you up the next. Trivia question. After Jesus rose from the dead, he ate some food to prove he was not a ghost. What did he eat? There you go. There it is. What did he eat? He did not order from Domino's. I know some people were thinking that was the truth, but no, it's not. Um, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at he must org. So Jesus wanted to prove, wanted to prove it, going to prove it. There he goes. Uh, Jesus, he rose from the dead. He ate some food to prove he was not a ghost, which is really funny because the choice of food, we're not discussing that, but it's like, you know, it's like, could he have not eaten, you know, Hostess Ding Dongs? I mean, could it not be anything to prove he wasn't a ghost? Oh, yeah, just kind of curious. Uh, what kind of food did he eat? If you think you know, 972-445-0770. Text in 214-210-8483. So I'm going to tell you guys something I shouldn't tell you. <laughs> and this is not for sure. Can I, how else can I say it any different than this? This is like, but within 24 hours of getting the uh, recording that you heard, and I don't know that we'll play it again, but just after the 24 hours of getting the recording you heard, Noel came up with the, something that I had been working on a while back, but didn't feel like the timing was right. So we might already have a new project that I'm going to be working on. That doesn't have anything to do with this show or uh, some other things that we're working on, but it has to do with like some additional uh, contributions to the church at large. And one of those things, get ready for this. One of those things is called spoon-fed Bible notes. It's not a commentary. It's just more of like Barnes notes on the New Testament. It's more like that. And it's really what it is, is practical biblical applications for regular folks. So that's nothing, no academic-y, you know, like this is this, this is just something that we're kicking around. I'm not saying we're doing it yet. I'm not saying we're not doing it yet. We're just praying about it. So you guys can be praying for us about that. All right, we got our trivia question. I am doing on purpose a joke we've done in the past. I get to do that every once in a while. I get to put, and the reason is just because uh, 
it just seemed to fit. And it's a joke that it fits. You see, it's all kind of a humorous ha 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 thing. All right. Are you ready? Got the buzzer ready? Okay. <clears throat> At the conclusion of the sermon, the worshipers filed out of the sanctuary to greet the minister. As one of them left, he shook the minister's hand, thanked him for the sermon, and said, thanks for the message, Reverend. You know, you must be smarter than Einstein. Beaming with pride, the minister said, why, thank you, brother. As the week went by, the minister began to think about that man's compliment. The more he thought, the more he became baffled as to why anyone would deem him smarter than Einstein. So he decided to ask the man the following Sunday. The next Sunday, he asked a parishioner if he remembered the previous Sunday's comment about the sermon. The parishioner replied that he did. The minister asked exactly, what did you mean? That I must be smarter than Einstein. The man replied, well, Reverend, they say that Einstein was so smart that only 10 people in the entire world can understand him. But, Reverend, nobody understands you. <laughs> Come on. And appropriate. <laughs> Just, okay. <laughs> Just so funny. That's right. I told that joke. All right. Uh, here's your trivia question. Uh, after Jesus rose from the dead, he ate some food to prove he was not a ghost. What? Did he eat? I don't know why I keep going to like desserts on there, either pizza or desserts, you know, not a hostess Twinkie, you know, kind of thing. Oh, I did watch one thing over the weekend that I should probably should not confess, but I will. I watched, <laughs> I don't know, if, you, if you've never seen it, you have to see it, but don't get offended, okay? Because there's a couple of bad words in there and stuff. But I watched UHF with Weird Al. <laughs> When he cuts open a Twinkie and he puts a hot dog in it, <laughs> that's like the funniest it's thing. Twinkie wiener sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll get through this. I promise. All right. Uh, what did Jesus, uh, after Jesus rose from the dead, he ate some food. What, uh, to prove he was not a ghost, what did he eat? 972 uh, you can also text in 214-210-8483. Al's answer is Whataburger. <laughs> like, you know, that's about the fifth time he's, he's texted a Whataburger. I'm just going to have to stop and have a, I haven't had one in a long time. All right, let me get to this, and then we'll get to the rest of it. Here it is, Luke chapter 6, verse 10 through 11. So tomorrow I'm going to be talking about Christian, uh, Christian chaos is what I'm calling it, and it has to do with being raised in an authoritative church, a church that tells you what to do at every possible level. And one thing I want to do is lay a little bit of primer before that and for people to understand, you have an a, a, a responsibility to respond to authority. It's within the framework of Scripture. And nobody can deny that. That's true. That that authority structures are not there for the fun of it. God has a, you know, a, a particular system in mind. However, there's a great amount of abuse in that authoritative system, and the Lord makes it very clear when that does not apply. And this is that text, or one of those texts. Let me say, it's not the text. It's just a text along those lines. Uh, this is Jesus. After looking around at them uh, all, he said to them, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. But the Pharisees were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. That guy, he did that healing thing on the Sabbath here in the temple. Arr! 
Stretch out your hand. So this could be seen as defying spiritual authority and actual governmental authority, but it wasn't. It was obedience to the Father. And why that's important is because Jesus' actions were confirmed through the healing. He was approved by the Father. And the people were furious with Jesus because he didn't follow their system. Now, I'm just going to be nice about it. Jesus wasn't violent. Didn't do any, you know, didn't draw, you know, some kind of message somewhere. <laughs> didn't do any of that. He just did what the Father told him to do. And in your Christian walk, you have a requirement and responsibility to follow the, the systems that are set up, unless it's a breach between you and God. And when it's a breach between you and God, you had better respond to what the Lord has put in your heart, and what he has given you will not be the same for each person. You think, well, how do you know that? Because as soon as Jesus told Peter how he was going to die, Peter turns and says, you know, what about that guy? Because <laughs> he didn't want to be in that group that was going to be all alone in a really terrible crucifixion. And uh, Jesus says, what's that to you? You follow me. In other words, Jesus makes it very clear that some people are going one way and some people are going another way. They ain't always the same, and he don't care. And everybody's like, it's got to be the same for everybody. No, it doesn't. Did you sin the exact same? No. Okay, then, you're, then you're, your overall process of thought is already lost because you're being forgiven at different levels. God will then require you to do different things, and nobody can say anything about it. It's like, okay. And what I'm trying to make, and what I'm trying to explain there is that your responsibility is first— to obey God, even, uh-oh, don't say it, Dave, don't say it, Dave, even if that means that you get persecuted because you're following the Lord. After all, there was a whole group of Christians that got killed because they would not deny Christ, and then the lions ate them. Ooh. The only question is, is our faith that real? Ooh, too Bad, right? That's two in a row. All right, after Jesus rose from the dead, he ate some food to prove he was not a ghost. What did he eat? Fish. He ate fish. I did not say he ate fish at a fast food because most of those are pretty disgusting. But he ate fish. Still trying to figure out if fish has something to do with ghosts not liking fish, but I, I just don't think so. All right, folks, we're going to take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. So I punish myself. I go down to the jail of my soul. What is the David Spoon Experience? Isaiah chapter 63, verse 8 through 9 says this. He said, surely they are my people, sons who will not be false to me. And so he became their savior. In all their distress, he too was distressed. So uh, I want to make sure you understand. We've talked about this before. You've heard some of my testimony. If you want to really get a better handle on my testimony, uh, I'll shamelessly plug the Broken for His Glory book, which contains the testimony, but you can get it for free if you do it through Kindle. And then otherwise it's like 
seven bucks or something. Oh, that's not very much. Uh, it's a kind of a fascinating journey on becoming saved and then going through bad churches or a bad church and then coming back into good church. Right, that's not always easy to do. One of the big premises of the book and of my entire Christian journey is a passage like this, which says, "He said, surely they are my people, sons who will not be false to me." And so he became their savior. And in all their distress, he too was distressed. I think it's important for you and I to understand the level to which God has put Himself or placed Himself. He's not incomplete without us in the in the theological term that God can exist completely independently and doesn't need us, but he bears with us or connects to us in such a way that he feels with us. And so I think it's important for you and I to grasp that when Paul was on the road to Damascus, and then uh, the Lord appears to him, right? And we've talked about this before, you know, knocks him, you know, knocks him uh, off his donkey and blinds him, okay? Now, you just have to imagine, you're on a donkey, bammo, you're on the ground, okay? <laughs> okay? Not on a comfy table or a comfy chair or a comfy bed, on the ground, and you're blind. <laughs> so this is a real wake-up call. And then Jesus says to him, Saul, before he becomes Paul, you know, you know, why are you persecuting me? And what does Paul say, Saul say? He says, who are you? <laughs> right? Because this is like, you know, this is, you know, outer limits stuff right here. And then Jesus goes, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Ah, but the irony behind that is that Jesus made the identification with the church because Saul was persecuting the church. But Jesus goes, I'm the one you're persecuting. Now see see how he connects himself to the people. Amazing grace. How sweet. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. So Gary called in. He made a good point. In the King James Version, it says fish and honeycomb. It doesn't say that in the other translations, but it does say that in the King James, and we should give that an acknowledgmento. So fish would have been good. Honeycomb uh, would would go with that, especially if you're using the King James. I think even the maybe the new King James. I can't remember if that one's using it too. And then, uh, so thank you, Gary, for that call. Uh, the ones that were really wrong were Whataburger and lasagna. <laughs> That's what I told him, Dub. It was lasagna. <laughs> see, see, because I think a ghost would go. Ah, I, I, I can't eat that. <laughs> That's right. Hating on lasagna in there. Actually, I love lasagna. I just don't think a ghost would like it. <laughs> See. And besides, if the ghost eats lasagna, then there's not as much for me, and I don't appreciate that. Uh, and yes, I do like the Marie calendars. Like people, are like, I like it. Is it lasagna? Yeah. <laughs> That's my answer. Uh, we do have to do our trivia, right? We're, okay. We're, we're doing fine. Sure we are. Uh, here's your trivia question about whom – now watch. This is very important, okay, very important in the book. In what book, Dave? In the book of Exodus, Exodus, about whom did a priest of Midian say, invite him to have something to eat with us? Invite him – 
to have something to eat with us. About whom did a priest of Midian say that in the book of Exodus? So there, there's, there's it. So let's roll on that for a little bit. Uh, your call number, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Of course, here we send you up to the website. Uh, don't forget about the money. <laughs> Is that a nice way to say that? Don't forget about the money. Thank you. Go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? HeMustIncrease.org Praise report? HeMustIncrease.org Looking to give to this ministry? HeMustIncrease.org Confused by what's happening right now? HeMustIncrease.org HeMustIncrease.org Cool whip. <laughs> I'm doing it again. Cool whip. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, bottom line. Okay, so <clears throat> I did send a text off to Joy. And to Cordelia, I have to tell you what it says. So I told her, uh, spoon-fed means being fed by a spoon. That is actually the Cambridge Dictionary definition of the word spoon-fed, being fed by a spoon. So that's why I like that. <laughs> See, spoon-fed. See? See? That's good, right? Right? Practical Bible notes for, like, regular people, right? It's like non-academic, like, how do I use this? You know, kind of thing. Maybe that would be the big... How do, how do I use this? And yes, I know there's the life application. This is just be a little bit different spin on it. Uh, okay, so our trivia question. What was our trivia question? What planet are we on? Uh, about whom did a priest of Midian say, invite him in to have something to eat? This, of course, is in the book of Exodus, which means all people in the book of Genesis are not included in this. <laughs> okay. Al, okay. <laughs> This is my kind way of telling him. Uh, because he did another good one, but I can't, you know. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Also, 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemusincrease.org. Time for history. Let's go Okay. You want to hear Al's latest answer? Paul. <laughs> it was Paul. Well, at least you didn't say Peter. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, today is Marine Day, so we give that acknowledgement. I don't know how that somebody, if somebody wants to give me more definition on that, that would be cool. Uh, but Marine Day, so total respect there. Uh, National Raspberry Cake Day. Okay, it's raspberry, it's cake. I, I don't have any problem with that. National Get Out of the Doghouse Day. Wow. I don't know. It feels like one you need to know about ahead of time so you can get into the doghouse. Yeah, and, yeah. And then, yeah, how do you get out, though? <laughs> I get to get out. <laughs> it's national out. Yeah, okay. Then stick out your tongue day. <laughs> like what I did to that guy who showed me his middle finger <laughs> when I was driving. Although I used my finger on my nose but all right so uh let's see 1878 the state france declares war on prussia to start the franco-prussian war uh i don't that's not interesting uh oh 1961 on this day this is interesting first first regularly scheduled in-flight movie 
let's get let's fascinate. TWA begins showing in-flight movies. Uh, the first movie was By Love Possessed. And I think it's at this point, right? Where you're gonna tell me this, right? That they started to show all different kinds of movies, including Airport, <laughs> which would not be a good movie to watch on a plane. I'm just <laughs> Hey, look, this is a movie about a plane crashing. Okay. Two thousand and five Death Valley recorded a high temperature of about one hundred and twenty nine and a half. Is that still standing, or did it go higher? I thought there was like a one thirty six. I don't know. Texas is getting up there, right? <laughs> what is it today? Like, is it supposed to be one hundred and eight? It's like one hundred and eleven. Is it? You know, I don't mind the heat until I get in the car, and then you click on the your your seatbelt, and then it's metal and it's hot. It's ouch, you know. That's just me. All right, that's history. Not much there. I'll just leave that alone. Yeah, I went into history today. That's how it goes. Uh, trivia question. Last time, about whom did the priest of Midian... See, this is the key. Midian. Who's the priest of... The, the priest of Midian say, invite him to have something to eat. There's somebody very, very well-known in Exodus. <clears throat> hint, 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 hint. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Or text 214-210-8483 or send an email, David, at he must increase.org. Second Kings 19, 17 through 19. Lord, it is true that the kings of Assyria have devastated the nations and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire. And they were not gods, but they were made by human hands, wood and stone. So they destroyed them. Now, Lord, our God, please... Save us from his hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. I'm not going to tell you in, in any type of unreasonable fashion how brilliant this prayer is. This is a prayer to God asking for help in their situation and saying to God, they dissed you, they dissed you, they beat up all those other fake gods, and they're dissing you, and I'm just looking for me to be able to get a witness. I just want to get a witness. Can you just witness that you alone are God? And by asking that, God will then have to devastate the Assyrians. <clears throat> Good call. <laughs> Good call on how to pray, so to speak. So no false gods prevailed. And what that was, that's saying, and you should know this now, all the false gods that they're offering up in the name of humanism and in the name of wokeism or political correct-isms are basically all focusing on mankind being God. So it's just the same kind of rubbish that's been going on for ages. There's nothing new. Anytime there's a substitution attempt for the righteousness of God by other things, it's a false religion. It's a false thing, and they do it all the time. It's, nothing, it's not even new. It's been going on for, for ages and ages and ages. It just has different titles. So that's not that big a deal. But they pray, save us, because you know what? You're the one. You're the one. Do, 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 do. You're the. I mean, it's like they're like going. You're the only real God. We just want you to show them because we know it's true. I'm telling you guys that this is this kind of prayer is in Scripture for us to follow. I mean, that's not in there for nothing. It's in there so you can go. Hey, that's a good. That's a good way to pray. 
so that the kingdoms of earth may know that you are God. It's like, oh, we're just trying to witness. <laughs> just trying to show off, Lord, that you're the one. And the only way to do this is for you to destroy this situation. So anytime you want to do that, we'll just... <laughs> now, I know it's probably not that glum, but there's a truth to pointing to prayer that gives God acknowledgement, not puts money in your pocket. So I'm going to tell you something. Be really careful. Oh, my goodness. So I was uh, praying about uh, something just about uh, two years ago during the show. I've never shared this, so I've got to be really careful. And we had a situation where we were not going to be able to pay rent. And I am not kidding. Like zippity doodah. Okay? And I said to the Lord, you know, Lord, I said, I, we're just trying to do the best we can, and I need you to cover for me here because I don't know what else to do. Uh, you know, I know the elders Christian. I know they're Christian. Maybe you can do something. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's something in the spirit that can happen. I got a phone call the next day from the owner saying, we're not going to charge you rent this month. You think I'm kidding? It's exactly what happened. I don't like sharing stuff like that. It's miraculous. Sure. It makes me feel like a... <laughs> God didn't give me a penny. He just handled the situation. You see that difference? I didn't get a single penny. He just took care of it. I don't pray that every month. <laughs> so let's, not, let's not get weird about it. But it happened. Stuff like this happened to me like maybe, I don't know, five, six times in 43 years. Or it meant a lot because we really needed that break so bad. And the Lord did it. And I hope just by me sharing that with you, he gets the glory from it. Only God could do that. See, nobody else, you can't... Only the Lord. Oh, I need help. And it's not like it came in the form of a dollar. It came in the form of no charge. Did you get it? You get what I'm saying? No charge. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So what happened? All right. Trivia. About whom did a priest of Midian say invite him to have something to eat? Of whom did he say that to? He said that to Mo Moses. That was Jethro who invited him. Hello. There you go. All right. We'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Smoot Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of him. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his BA degree in ministry and leadership as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a Ph.D. program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. 
and those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. What is the purpose of human creation? God was bored and wanted a tinker toy set to play with. He wanted a Petri dish to look at so he can go, <laughs> Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, as opposed to the mindset that says, well, this whole thing is a divine experiment. The Lord was bored, impossible to be bored if you're not stuck by time, by the way. Oh, you, you didn't think of that, right? Because he's not bound by time. The purpose of human creation ultimately is four words. Uh, here we go. The purpose of creation for humanity? To fellowship with God. The David Spoon Experience, weekdays at 2 on 770 KAAM. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media, and on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section, and it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video, but you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable, but it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Where Chris was reminding me I have a punch card for surgery. Is that what you were saying? A punch card for surgery? Because <clears throat> I went to the gym, you know, so. I still have two more surgeries to go before I get a free one. <laughs> but don't worry, you'll get there. Okay. All right, here's your trivia question. Joseph was joined in prison by two people who knew a great deal about food and wine. Who were they? Who were they? Were the two people? What was their kind of jobby thing? Joseph was joined in prison by two people who knew a great deal about food and wine. Who were they? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. We are asking the audience uh, to please be in prayer. Uh, as the ministry is, uh, we're going to have a, a board meeting pretty soon. We're going to have some directional discussions because we got to make some directional decisions and stuff like that. So just pray. We just want wisdom. We want to do what the Lord wants. I mean, that's it was amazing. I, of of all the things that you really want when you get to certain points, it's like I just want to be able to hear. 
<laughs> I just want to be alone. I'm so I'm so sick of me telling me. I just want the Lord to go. It's this, David. Okay. <laughs> I know, and I know most of you guys really understand that. You know, it's just funny to me. Anyway, uh, so that's the trivia question. Anything else we got to cover? Did we cover everything? We covered that. We covered that. We covered that. Tomorrow. So I don't really know. So you can know ahead of time. I don't know how tomorrow's going to go. We're going to talk about this Christian case in the second hour. That's the second and third third or the 60 minutes or the se- okay the other part of the show. And I have no idea how it's going to go. I have no idea if it's going to be emotional or not or what's going to happen. So uh, you can pray for me and stay tuned. I don't know how much I will share. And if I don't share enough, I'll follow it up the next day and share more. Because I don't want anybody to misunderstand what's going on. But we do we do go through Christian chaos. Not, not that it's chaos that God doesn't utilize in our lives, but there are people in our lives uh, that, that uh, if we give power to, they can create problems for us. It's just like it's just like sin itself. If we give ourselves over to sin, if we give ourselves over to the influence of sin, that can create problems for us. It's not that the Lord's not going to forgive us, but if we're playing with the fire and we're expecting not to get burned, you know that's uh, dumb. It's not brilliant theology, okay? All right, Joseph, who was joined in prison by two people, uh, he was joined in prison by two people and knew a great deal about food and wine. Food and wine. We're talking about the drinking wine, not the whining one. Okay. So food and wine. Uh, who were they? That's the question. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email to David. At he must increase dot org. I love what I'm going to share. I won't be able to share it well, but I'm going to share it because it's important. Okay. And the title of this DDD, this devotional diamond of the day, is What Stops Us from Reading the Bible? It's just fair, you know, you know besides all of the. <clears throat> 60 trillion distractions that we have going on in our lives that we think are so important. There's other things that are involved so that when you read your Bible, uh, you don't keep reading it. You know, keep going it. And there's a reason why. And here it is in 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 19, the first part of the verse. It says this, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke. I look at a text like this and I see a lot of, you know, there's a lot of different things. The main contextual position, it has much more to do with God uh, talking to the, the, the leader at this point. I'm not looking for me to identify that for you. Here's what I'm looking for. You and I to understand that when we come before the Word of God, not a Bible, Okay, and by that I mean this. When we come before the Word of God, it's not a particular Bible. It's not an NASV Bible. It's not an ESV Bible. It's not a uh, you know a King James Bible or a New King James Bible. It's not a Bible in particular. When we come before the Lord in our desire to learn what He has to say or to hear what He has to say, there are two things that we have to possess. That if we don't possess it stops us from reading the Bible. We have to have a tender heart. 
You don't go into the Word of God <clears throat> ready to defend yourself against the Word of God. Do you know, you know what I'm saying? You don't go in there going, well, I'm not, I'm not going to be convicted by this. I'm doing really good. It's like, you know, that's not how you read the Word of God. If God wanted to convict you about 50,000 different things, I'm pretty sure you could just pull out your heart, open it up, show it to you, and you go, yes, 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 yes. So when we come before the Lord, we should have a tender heart, one that's soft, one that's willing to say, I would like to do better. Not one that will say, well, I don't do as bad as other people. You see that? That's a defensive and a defiant heart. We should, and, and the Lord's not asking you to do better than somebody else or not better than somebody else. He's asking you to do better because you love him. That's, that's the standard by which you need to operate. Not other people, but you to him. And so when you open up the word, you're just like, Lord, I need, I need my heart to be soft. I need to be able to hear what you have to say. I need to I need to soften myself. And what the Lord says is because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke. So there's times where I'm reading and <clears throat> I make fun of the uh, apostles a lot because it's fun. Because <laughs> they do a lot of goofy things. I think God puts it in there on purpose. That's just my take. You might not agree. That's fine. But I'm also well aware that I, I one, never probably never would have done better in any of those circumstances. And two, I'm highly aware that when I'm reading it, uh, I'm trying to put myself in a position to say to the Lord, I need to do that better. Or, man, can you help me with this? This is looks like it's beyond me. I need to walk with you in this. I need your word and what you've spoken to become a part of me. And instead of, and I've said this before, I think it's worth repeating, instead of reading the Bible to say you've read it, which means nothing. You want to read the Bible to hear what God is saying. It's his word. He speaks. The people are like, well, if I could just hear the Lord, <laughs> I had a message for you. The reason it's called the word of God. Yeah, but I got, I got this specific situation. I have probably had, and, and this is not an exaggeration, which for me is pretty good, 10,000 times in my Christian walk where uh, not written for my specific situation is exactly what my specific situation needed to hear. I mean, it's just like you read it and go, oh, wazzer, right? I've had the situation where I was worried about something and two hours later, two hours later, the, the thing I was involved with was, don't worry. <laughs> it's like, wow, you can't get any more specific than that. So we need to have a tender heart and a humility. The same God who spoke the universe into existence is the one who spoke through this word who will speak to you. We believe he created the universe. Do we believe he can write a book? And then do we have a reverence for what he has to say? It's just ironic because in this situation, and I'm not putting this on anybody, uh, you know, it, 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 there was an acknowledgement, and then the Lord said to him, you will be gathered to your uh, grave in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disasters that are coming because this person he's referring to humbled themselves before him and heard what he had to say and had a tender heart with his. God said, eh, I'm going to spare you. Eh, I'm not going to make you go through all that stuff. You think, well, I, I, how do you know that? That works. I don't know. Enoch was out at 300. That's pretty good. <laughs> You know what happened, right? His wife was saying, Enoch, come paint the barn. <laughs> Gone. 
you know, he was out. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, pain, no barn painting there. Okay. I'm just trying to give you that illustration. Have a softness in your heart after softness in your mind, okay? Uh, Joy is telling me that's Daniel. Okay. Okay. I don't. Point is, here's here's what I'm I'm thinking. I'm thinking when you open up the word, have a sensitiveness, a sensitivity that's outstanding, a tender heart, and a humble spirit. Okay. Uh, Joseph was joined in prison by two people who knew a great deal about food and wine. Who were they? The baker and the cupbearer. The baker and the cupbearer. That's it. That is our show. Uh, no better, no worse. Let the Lord use what he's going to use and bless you with it. I pray that always and often. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Just as I am, you reach down. Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.